The text for this afternoon's service is the Word of God as it is summarized in Lord's Day 46, which we will now read. Lord's Day 46, question and answer 120. Why has God commanded us to address God as our Father? To awaken in us at the very beginning of our prayer that childlike reverence and trust towards God, which should be basic to our prayer. God has become our Father through Christ and will much less deny us what we ask of him in faith than our fathers would refuse us earthly things. Why is there added in heaven? These words teach us not to think of God's heavenly majesty in an earthly manner, manner and to expect from his almighty power all things we need for body and soul. Following the reading of the sermon, we will sing in response hymn 48, stanza 4. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, before we proceed to listen to the catechism explanation of the various petitions in the Lord's Prayer, we are first called to give our attention to the address in which our prayer begins we must consider the manner in which we are to call upon God. How do you address someone like God? What name do you use? What frame of mind should you have? How we address those with a specific position, office, or authority is important, even in our human relationships. How much more important will this be with respect to God? The manner in which we address God in prayer will reveal the relationship we have with God. So a very important question now is, what is our relationship with God? The answer is clear from both this Lord's Day and the accompanying scripture passages which we read, as well as from the form for the celebration of the Lord's Supper. The relationship is one of sonship. We are sons of God. We are sons, children of God. Therefore, we address him very simply as Father. Of course, we cannot call God our Father because of a natural relationship. To use the words of answer 120, this address must be awakened in us. The Lord Jesus Christ therefore commanded us, says the Catechism, to address God in this fashion. He also gave us his spirit, whom Paul calls the spirit of sonship, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Christ teaches us to use a spiritual address in this prayer. It summarize, I summarize this Lord's Day as follows. Jesus Christ teaches us to address God in the spirit of sonship. We will see an old name. Secondly, a new sound. And thirdly, a mighty reality. For a long time, Bible scholars of various persuasion 
have maintained that our Lord Jesus Christ came up with something totally new and even somewhat revolutionary when he simply told his disciples to call God Father, or in the Aramaic form, Abba. They point to passages like Matthew 6, for example, where the Lord Jesus gives this prayer in his Sermon on the Mount. In this chapter, our Lord warns against the empty phrases of the Gentiles, the long incantations which had also crept into Jewish prayers in forms such as, O Sovereign One, Eternal Being, Light of Lights, the Jews produced an endless litany because before they came to the actual prayer. Our Lord Jesus said, cut that out. Just call him Father. And it is said, this teaching must have been very shocking to the Jews of this time. They would have perceived it as a gross simplification, an approach much too familiar and lacking in correct reverence. Scholars point out that the name Abba was used by children to address their earthly fathers. Abba is comparable to Daddy. Adults, they claim, would never have spoken to God on such familiar terms. Lately, however, some of these scholars are going away from this viewpoint. It is now admitted that the name Abba, meaning simply father, or in the Hebrew form, my father, could very well have been used also by adults to address God. So Christ's teaching on this point was not so revolutionary after all. Abba, Father, indeed, this is not a new but an old name. And more importantly, even if the use of the name Abba is somewhat disputed, the idea of God being a father is certainly fully biblical. Already in the Old Testament, it is clear that God is a father unto his children and wishes also to be regarded as such. I want to give you some examples of this, for it is important to know that in the Lord's Prayer, we do not have a break with the Old Testament manner of prayer, but a continuity and a deepening of the Old Testament manner of prayer. What has God always been to his people, if not a father? Our whole liturgy is based on this fact of fatherhood. Psalm 103, which we also use as part of the doxology or praise after the Lord's Supper celebration, states very clearly, as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. What was God to David and his people, if not a father? As Psalm 89 states, he will call out to me, you are my father, Abba, my God, the rock, my savior. Let me mention a few other texts that are of great importance here. In the Song of Moses, which you might regard as Israel's national anthem, we have it in our book of praise as hymn 12, Deuteronomy 32, verse 6, we read, is he not your father? your creator who made you and formed you? Already before they entered the promised land, the people of Israel knew that God was Abba, Father. The prophet Isaiah echoed these very words when he said, Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, you are the potter, we are all the work of your hand. Chapter 64, verse 8. 
he literally says of, God, of Father, our Father. And it is all summed up by Malachi, the last prophet of the Old Testament. Have we not all one Father? Did not God create us? Chapter 2, verse 10. I want to mention one more chapter where the name Father is not expressly used, but where we do get a vivid and moving picture of God's fatherhood. I think of Hosea 11, 1 through 4. When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. It was I who taught Ephraim to walk. Taking them by the arms, I led them with cords of human kindness and ties of love. I lifted the yoke from their neck and bent down to feed them. Isn't this beautiful? This is our God, the Father. He brought his people forth, cradled them, fed them in love, taught them how to walk, and established them in a land of riches and promise. He had boundless patience with his children, and he bore their childish weaknesses. To Israel, he was always Abba, Father. And when you read all those texts, you find in them a fatherly reproach, a sorrowful complaint. God says, Israel, why did you not see me, treat me, love me as a father? Why did you repay me with treachery and disobedience? God is a wonderful, loving father, but he is faced with a stubborn bunch of children. That message is the sum of the entire Old Testament. The prophet Malachi finally summed up God's complaint as follows. If I am a father, where is my honor due me? Chapter 1, verse 6. Even the Jews in Jesus' day knew God as father. They dared to say to Jesus, the only father we have is God himself. John 8, verse 41. But Jesus sadly shook his head and said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and now am here. I have not come on my own, but he sent me. Christ then concluded, You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. Is that not terrible? The people of God, who is the father of truth and mercy, have become a people of the devil, the father of lies and deceit, the murderer from the beginning. When the Lord Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, sat down to teach his disciples to pray, he did not come with a new address, never before heard. Instead, he went to the scriptures of old and said that we must call God Father. He is our Father, your Father and mine. So I know him because I come from him. Call him Abba, for so he has revealed himself through the ages. That is what he is to me, and that is what he is to you, all the more, because I am here. It's an old name, but now in Christ, indeed, it becomes a new sound. So we come to the second point. For if there ever was a son who honored his father and called upon him in truth, it is our Lord Jesus Christ. You should know that at key and crucial moments in his life, the Lord Jesus used the name Abba, Father. The Gospels note, for example, 
how he used the Aramaic form, Abba, in the hour of his greatest need in the Garden of Gethsemane. There he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible to thee. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. By saying Abba, Christ showed that he gave himself completely into the hand and will of the Father in heaven. Mark adds the Greek word Father, but Jesus said simply Abba, the, the name a child uses to address only his Father. When you begin to pray, says the Lord Jesus to his disciples, do not heap up empty phrases. No, get it right from the start. Begin in the reality of the covenant by saying, Our Father. Then you show that childlike reverence, that honor of which Malachi spoke. And then you show that childlike trust toward God, which should be based, basic to our prayer. God is an old name, but now it has a new sound, a new ring, because it came from the lips of the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we ask, yes, but how can that father of Israel, this father of old, be our father today? The answer is given in the teaching of Christ, in the apostolic ministry, and is summarized in our catechism as follows. God has become our Father through Christ. It is not without reason that the Apostle Paul also speaks of Abba, Father. In Christ, the only begotten Son, the Father received his honor and satisfaction. Through Christ, all who believe in him may also be sons of God. They receive the spirit of sonship, and they too begin to cry, Abba, Father. We read in Galatians 4 that the name Father now has an ecumenical, a Catholic ring. Once God was Father only to Israel, the particular covenant nation which constantly spurned God's fatherhood and their own sonship. But, says Paul in Galatians 4, there is today neither Greek nor Jew, slave nor free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring. Covenant people, heirs according to the promise, sons of God. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. The spirit of sonship. Through Christ, we are bound to God. Christ called him Abba, Father. And since Christ has poured out over us his spirit of sonship, we too may now address God as Abba, Father. To the name Father is inseparably bound the name of the Son, Jesus Christ. Christ cannot be separated from his cross. Therefore, he earned for us the right to call God our Father. To Christ is inseparably bound the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. At Pentecost, Christ gave his New Testament church the certainty to indeed say, Abba, Father. Do you see that the whole purpose of Christ's work 
is to enable us to call God our Father and to live with Him in the new covenant in Christ's blood? Do you recall the words in the thanksgiving prayer in the form of the celebration of the Lord's Supper? That we do not doubt that your will for forever, that you will forever be our gracious Father. This old name, Abba Father, now has a new sound and a deeper ring, which is confirmed time and again at every celebration of the Lord's Supper. That's how it goes in the Bible, in the route from the Old Testament to the New Testament. An old name gets a new sound and a deeper meaning. A name once restricted to Israel becomes a name for the Holy Catholic Christian Church. All over the world, people are now saying, through Christ, in the spirit of sonship, Abba, Father, from where the sun sets to where it rises, my name the name of the Father of Jesus Christ is great among the nations, just as the Lord said through Malachi. And so, at the very beginning of our prayer, we place ourselves before the one true God who has always been a father to his people and who in Christ has extended his fatherly name to the entire people of the new covenant. We become like little children, governed by the spirit of sonship, not slaves, but sons, who are not afraid, but who trust this God. We say simply, Our Father, using that old name, which in Christ and through the Spirit rings out as a new sound. And when by the teaching of Scripture, by the witness of the Holy Spirit and through faith, Christ so awakens this childlike reverence and trust, a whole new reality is open to us. When we know that we are at the right, then we know that we are at the right address. We are going to a God who can and will be a father because he is at the same time an almighty God. So we come to the last point. Do, you, do not think that the name Abba Father is too familiar, too popular or that it is in any way takes away from God's heavenly majesty. In the spirit of sonship, we know about the close unity between the father and the children, but we also know about the distinction between the father and the children. The Jews very easily said, God is our father, but they then began to live and to fend for themselves. However, our Lord Jesus Christ taught us to add, who art in heaven. This addition does not remove the Father from us, for the spirit of sonship remains, but it does leave the Father where he is, on the throne of heaven. The name Father can conjure up wrong pictures in our minds. Earthly fathers fail in so many ways. They can easily disappoint us in our expectations. When you grow older as a child, you notice that your father, just as you yourself, is a struggling, sinful human being. We learn to tone down our expectations and to revise our estimations. But all this should not be associated with the name Abba. God is the Heavenly Father, 
the catechism develop, develops this truth in two directions. First, do not think of God's heavenly majesty in an earthly manner. Thinking about God in an earthly manner means to drag him down in our thoughts. Such an attitude leads to insolence and impudence, as if the father will allow such an attitude with his children. He did not take it from Israel, and he will not take it from us either. Even less so because he taught us in Christ what holiness is. If you call God Abba, Father, you must live like a child of God. As Paul wrote, then you must not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Sonship. Indeed, as Scripture says, let everyone who calls upon the name of God abstain from all unrighteousness. Do not call upon the Heavenly Father if you regard His majesty in an earthly manner and expect things from earthly sources. You cannot live in the Spirit if you walk according to the flesh. If you say, Father, you must live as a child. You must let the Spirit of Sonship govern you more and more by the Word of God. A life that is earthly-oriented cannot be prayerful. There must be no thinking of God's heavenly majesty in an earthly manner. Do not minimize the place and the power of God in your life. But secondly, expect from His almighty power all things we need for body and soul. Do not say of the Heavenly Father, He can't and He won't dare to expect. As a father, He gave His only begotten Son for us. Will He then withhold from us what we need, as is also written in Romans 8? and included in the doxology after the Lord's Supper celebration? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, will he not give us all things with him? If you say, Abba, Father, this means placing your entire life in his almighty power. It means doing so without reservations, without any holding back. This must be true, even if his way sometimes seems hard and difficult for the flesh. Abba, Father, means let not my will be done, but yours. You will provide. Call upon, calling upon God as Father shows that we know him as our Father in Christ. Calling upon God as our Heavenly Father shows that we know him as our Almighty God. This Heavenly Father, who is also mighty, God, Almighty God, rightly raises great expectations among his people. The wondrous reality which the spirit of sonship opens to us is that we may expect all things we need for body and soul from the Heavenly Father. Indeed, the name Abba, the name of the Heavenly Father, triggers great expectations. We know that we are children of God. And Paul says that if we are children, we are also heirs, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ. We await the full glorification and perfection of all God's children to live in the constant grace and the daily care of this Father is a source of tremendous comfort.
The first simple words of our prayer already says it all in a nutshell. The rest flows forth like a smooth stream from this beginning. Now everything will fall into place. Now it is right from the beginning. Why did Christ command us to call God our Father? Because He is the Son who gave us the spirit of sonship. He wanted to awaken childlike reverence and trust in us. He wanted to kindle great expectations in us. He wanted the children to find their lives every day in the hands of his Father. For there alone he knew life is safe, absolutely safe. So in the spirit of sonship, we always pray, Abba, Father. Amen.